The following content is from Snowbird Wilderness Outfitters, a gospel-driven high-adventure camp in western North Carolina. Go to swoutfitters.com to learn more about our camps and conferences. Enjoy the message. Hey, we're going to get started. There we are. We just started. Pretty exciting. Um, Yes, so Rob talked about this, but we are going to be talking about loving God's Word. And uh, in the past, if you've been here before, um, we typically will have a breakout session on how to study the Bible. And this is going to be slightly different than that. This is going to be basically the why. Why should we study the Bible? And then my, your homework is to, in your share group tonight, to talk to your chaperones or talk to our Snowbird staff and say, please teach me how to study the Bible. Or just say, how do you study the Bible? We'll give you some helpful hints. Um, and, then, and then that's... Uh, and then hopefully after this time, you'll be motivated for that because when we're talking about God's word, we, you know, it's, it's crazy because I think in the Christian environment and Christian circles, we use words all the time without actually stopping and thinking about what we're saying, you know, because when we hear God's word, a lot of, we just automatically do the shortcut in our head. Oh, that means the Bible. You know, like you've been in a church and like, oh man, if you'll just open up your copy of God's word or we should, or even this, you need to love God's word. You think, oh, he's talking about the Bible. But I think that we forget that when we say that these are God's words, like these are God's actual words. Let's let that sink in, right? When we're talking about the word of God, when we're talking about the Bible, these are the words that God is communicating to us, that the creator of the universe has communicated to us in a language that we can understand, and we have it preserved. Like for us, we get to read communication. We get to read words from God every day. Isn't that crazy? Have you ever stopped and thought about that? I mean, we, our God is near to us. Our God is a God who has revealed himself both in nature, but then also in Jesus. And then we have his lasting testimony on, on the pages of scripture on, with ink on paper. Like this is a big deal. There's a, there's a, uh, a pastor, his name is Justin Peters. He said this, uh, because, you know, like a lot of times you're like, I mean, you know, especially those of us who've grown up in church and we feel like, oh yeah, I've heard the Bible, I've heard this, I've heard this, I've heard this. And we think, you know, I just wish I heard, had a word from God. I mean, I wish God would speak to me. Well, the good news is he has, and you do, right? It, look at this quote. If you want to hear God speak, read your Bible. If you want to hear God speak audibly, read your Bible out loud. It's so simple. Because do you want a word from God? Do you want God to speak to you? Yeah, I, I would love that. Well, he has already. We just need to read it. And the reason why I think this is important for y'all now in this phase of your life that you're in right now is that it is so important for you, especially at, as you get ready to age out of, this, of the student ministry, as you get ready to leave the ministry that you're part of right now, because all of you are at least tacitly involved in a student ministry or else you wouldn't be here. But you're, and pretty soon you're gonna be in a world that is hostile to Christianity. And for some of you, it might be when you get off the bus, but some of you, when you go to college, some of you, when you enter the workforce, and you need to have a dependency, a healthy dependency on God and his word. It, my fear is that so many students, and we see statistics about this, 
It, there's been studies for years and years talking about how many students who graduate from high school actually graduate from Christianity. They, once they leave their student ministry, they leave Christianity. And th- we see this happening all the time. And there's a, the most recent study that I found is in 2019 that said that of students, it's pretty specific, so just kind of pay attention here, of students who are active in high school in student ministry, when they go to college, take at least one year off. Two-thirds, they say 66%, take at least one year off of pursuing the Lord. Okay, that means that's two out of three. Like if you're sitting here and there's someone on one, on your right and your left, then what these statistics are saying that two of you are gonna, two, two of you are gonna take a, at least a year off of even pursuing the Lord. And only one of you, and, and then of those two, well, only one of you is going to return. And that's terrifying. And, and even, like, I'm thankful that, a lot, that they're, they're seeing like half of those people are returning. But, man, that first year of college, I mean, that is, that's where so many regrets are sown. Like, for, you guys are living in reg- the regret stages of your life right now. It's so easy to sow regrets now that you'll have with you for the rest of your life. And my challenge for you is to to have a healthy dependency on God and his word lived out in church, lived out in a local church, so that when you leave this student ministry, you find a church to be a part of, and then you personally are, you're finding your faith, the foundation of your faith in your your study of God's word and in your relationship with the Lord. Nothing else is going to provide a foundation for your faith. Your your parents' faith is not going to be big enough. Your church is not going to be big enough. Your student ministry is not going to be big enough. Your whatever college ministry that you go to is not going to be big enough. You're, you're, you need a foundation for your faith in God's word and your relationship with the Lord. And if you can continue to pursue the Lord, then you won't be one of those who drift. Like we see, we've been talking about this a lot uh, with the student pastors. We see people over and over. I mean, I've been doing this now. This is my 23rd summer working on staff. And so I've got to see so many people get to come through. And you guys know what I'm talking about. If, especially if you've been in your church student ministry for a while, you know the people that I'm talking about who you're like, oh yeah, I used to look up to them. They graduated two years ago and now they're openly like rejecting Christianity. I mean, you get, we all know those people. And my challenge for you is don't be that person. And I think what happens is we, people stop pursuing the Lord individually and then they just start slowly drifting away because they've put their faith in something else other than God and his word and so then they don't have a foundation for it so then they just stop going to church and then what happens is they, they start thinking differently. They start compromising in what they think and then they compromise in some sort of uh, sin that they want to continue to pursue. And then before you know it, they're openly rejecting Christianity and often are then angry at the church because the church had been feeding them lies their whole lives. And then, but they're miserable. They're miserable. And so my challenge for y'all is don't be those who drift away and just continue to pursue the Lord. I promise you that if you are continually daily pursuing the Lord, you won't be one of those who fall away. And that's that's the, what we've seen. We've seen people, the, even people who've been on staff, and Brody talked about this last night. You guys have, I mean, there have been some of our staff who have been your, like, camp counselors aren't pursuing the Lord anymore, and they've drifted away. And those, those two are related. And so what my, my challenge for you is to guard the way that you think 
and let what you think be saturated, like the way that you think be saturated with the, with the, with the word of God. Because in reality, you are what you think. Does that make sense? And you are what you think, and what you think is a result of your influences. So we need to be paying attention to our influences. I mean, if we, Brody was some of this, uh, yeah, last night also, like meditating on scripture. And a lot of us, we think, man, meditating? I'm not really into that. I don't meditate. Well, you kind of do. You're meditating on, you're constantly, your brain is constantly evaluating, your brain is constantly learning and learning how to learn. And you are, you're constantly reworking what you, the way that you think by the way that you're influencing yourself. You just are. And so if, if that's gonna happen, then we need to be guarding our influences so that the thing that is um, changing us the most are, is, God, is God's word, right? Um, this, for me, this is really challenging because man, I wanna think, what am I filling my mind with? And, and I know for a lot of times, I, and your, your generation has it so bad because your generation is constantly being entertained. I mean constantly. Entertainment is one second away from you at any time and it's so easy to just get derailed and to, for your mindset to just be like what uh, John talked about last night, right? You're conformed to this world. So what, what, are we, what are we doing? Um, what are we influencing ourselves with? What are we feeding our mind? That's what I'm gonna talk about. And then the last little bit here I just wanna go through and I wanna talk about Psalm 119. So Psalm 119 is the longest psalm in the Bible and it's like a, it's a case study. Like I wanna do a case study in the book of Psalm 119. It's 176 verses. It's actually super cool because it's, uh, it's written in such a way where it's like it's a, it follows the Hebrew alphabet and every letter uh, starts a different stanza, which is really cool. Um, but um, what I think it's awesome because Psalm 119 is just a really cool example of someone who loves God's word, just loves it over and over and over, praising God for his word. And, that's, and I think for us, we don't value God's word like we should. We don't realize its value. Like we're not, we don't hold it as high as we should. We, we've, been, we've been so saturated with it that it's become commonplace. And we, so part of it is we need to have a change of perspective. And what I mean by that is that wh- when you read through Psalm 119, which you should do, it'll take you about 20, 25 minutes, it, you see that he's, he's constantly talking about like God's laws, his rules, his statutes, his precepts. And for most of us, when we think of like laws and rules, we don't think those are good things, right? You guys know what I'm talking about? When you think of, oh man, these are the rules, you're like, oh, rules, love, rules. No, of course not, right? But what we need, we need to understand that God is, at his core, a good father. And all of his laws, all of his rules, his precepts, his statutes, those are all for our good. Do you guys know that? You guys know that when God, because God created you, he knows exactly how you work best. And so he's given us laws so that will lead to our flourishing, that will lead to our happiness, our satisfaction. And we can live our lives rightly and best only when we align them with God's word. And this is, because for, and a lot of you have had bad examples of this. You know, I think about, even for me as a parent, I'm a, I'm a dad, I've got four kids. They are 12, 10, eight, and six. Why not? Super cool. Um, I like them most of the time. Uh, but I've got three boys and one little girl who is absolutely out of her mind. And, uh, and we have rules in our house. But I've, been, I've tried to parent my kids 
in a way where we have rules that are for their good. And I'm challenging my kids to always ask me why we do certain things. Because when I was a kid, you know what I hated the most when my parents would say? If I would ask them why we do this? Yeah, because I said so. I hated that. So I don't do this because I want to make sure, and I want, it's good for me. It's good for me to make sure that I've got rules for my kids good. And so my kids, I've trained my kids, uh, if, I, if I say, oh, do this or don't do that, or no, we're not going to do that, they'll say, yes, sir, daddy, why? I'm like, ooh. And if I can't have a good answer for the why, then we don't do it, or we do it, whatever the opposite of what I'd said was. That makes sense? You got it. Um, and it's so good because I want my kids to grow up knowing, okay, my parents have good reasons for these rules, and so we can trust them. Because, for, because God has rules and statutes and precepts for us to follow, and they are good, and we can trust them. And that's huge. Uh, let's, look, let's look at some of these, the ways that he's talking about God's, God's rules. Um, all of the scripture that I'm going to quote, I say quote, that I'm going to read is going to be from Psalm 119. So in verse 20, he says, my soul is consumed with longing for your rules at all times. Your testimonies are my delight. They're my counselors. I cling to your testimonies, O Lord. Let me not be put to shame. I long for your precepts. I find my delight in your commandments, which I love. Look at this. I mean, the, he, is, he loves God's word. Why? Because he realizes that this is what's good for him. Look at the, uh, in verse 52. When I think of your rules from old, I take comfort. And then verse 68, this is foundational. He says, you are good and do good. Teach me your statutes. Now, for some of us, we're so consumed with our selfishness that we don't really believe that God is good. That's convicting do you really believe that God is good and that he does good? If you really believe that, then you can trust him. You can put your faith in him and we can, we can want to obey him because he is good. Look, he says, I love your law. It's my meditation all the day. And he says in verse 103, how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. I think this is a really cool thought because he's saying that God's word, it's sweet to him. And, you know, for some of us, we haven't developed that taste. I mean, we just haven't. You, you think, oh, man, when I think about reading God's word, I don't think it's sweet. I don't think it's good to taste. Well, let me challenge you with this. You know how people talk about you can change your taste buds? And, you know, people are like, oh, well, that right there, that's an acquired taste. Sometimes when people say that, it's just bad. Like, um, there's a guy who works on staff named Christian DeWitt. His family is uh, from Holland, and they have terrible candy. Has, has any, have you guys ever had like foreign candy like from Europe, like Germany, Holland? Anybody ever had candy from there? Okay, They're, it's terrible unless it's chocolate. Chocolate's just good no matter where you are. But with, he, he brought me this candy that is, is a little hard candy and it was licorice that was ammonia and salt flavored and it's candy, and, and he gave it to me, and I'm like, put it in my mouth, I'm like, uh, I'm like, man, this is, I'm like, this is so salty, and he goes, ooh, wait till you get to the middle, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, and so he's like, yeah, crack into it, and I bit into it, and it was ammonia, 
and all, my, all of my taste buds rejected it. Saliva was just sh- almost shooting out of my mouth. And he's like, man, this is so good. <laughs> I was like, no one should ever say that. But he's like, and it was really funny because just this year he started thinking, you know, maybe I grew up with really bad tasting food. And I was like, yeah, you think? And it, but it's hilarious because, but ever since he was a kid, they would eat this. And so for him, he thinks it's delicious. It's like um, Spencer, uh, Spencer, the guy who plays the bass, um, he grew up um, in uh, like South Georgia, well, Columbus, little almost South Georgia, I think that's South, anyway, uh, and his grandfather, just a southern dude, and his grandfather every night would drink an ice cold glass of buttermilk. I know, that's how I feel. But, but, and so Spencer, he started associating like buttermilk with like what it means to be a man and so he uh, just a couple years ago he was like you know what I want to like buttermilk so it took him about two weeks just every day what did he do drink a little buttermilk did it taste terrible absolutely and his kids called it lemon milk you know I mean that's kind of what it tastes like but he just every day just drink a little buttermilk and now he loves it well what happened well it was an acquired taste he, he just took it slow and kept drinking and drinking and drinking, and now he loves it. And I think for a lot of us, that's what we need to do with God's word. Right now, you might be thinking, you know, I can't, I can't study my Bible real well. Okay, then just do it. Just do it. Start just studying God's word. Start reading the Bible. And the more that you read it, the, God will change. He changes your taste so that you'll be able to say, man, how sweet are your words to my taste? He says, your testimonies are my heritage. They're the joy of my heart. I love your commandments above gold, above, fi- above fine gold. I mean, this, he's, he's so, so trained himself to love God's word that he loves it even more. It, and you know, that's what, uh, uh, what, what Spencer was talking about on Tuesday when he was talking about this happiness experiment, you know, where he said, put down your phone for three weeks and see if you're happier. And I think, yeah, do that and replace it with God's word. Instead of like looking on social media or looking on YouTube to watch a video, just start reading the Bible and see. Just try him out. The Bible says that. He says, you know, test me. So test him. Just start reading his word and see if he changes your taste. He changes. And then from God's word, we get to understand who we are and why we're here. Because God is the one who made us, right? He's the one who knows um, who we are and what we are and what our purpose is, what our meaning is. Because our, our culture right now is in this huge identity crisis. We don't know what it means to be a human. We don't know what it means to be a man or what it means to be a woman. But we can learn this from God's word. Look, he says in verse 73, your hands have made and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn your commandments, right? How, why can God speak specifically into your life? Well, because he made you. He's the one who put you together. So we need to learn from him who we are. Um, verse 19 says, I'm a sojourner on the earth. Hide not your commandments from me. And in verse 54, your statutes have been my songs in the house of my sojourning. Yeah, from God's word, we understand that this world, that we were not created for this world. You guys know that, that you are just sojourners here and that God has created you for a world eternally with him. So when you realize, man, this isn't satisfying me, you know, th- I was studying in 1 John when he talks about the things, in, if, if someone loves the world or things of the world, the love of the Father's not in him. For the, the, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes and, the, and the, the pride of life, these things, they're not from 
God. They're from this world. And those are things that will never satisfy us. And if you feel in your heart that you're not being satisfied with this, it's because you were created for something more. And then uh, we know that the Bible is the greatest tool we have against sin. This is what Rob was talking about at the end, about meditating on God's word, hiding his word in our heart. Look, he says in verse 9, 9 through 16, says, how can a young man keep his way pure? And what's cool is that this isn't a rhetorical question. It's not like, well, how can you please the Lord? Hmm. Anyway, then he answers it. So how can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart, I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart why? That I might not sin against you. Blessed are, blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips, I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies, I delight as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Man, do you want to stop sinning? Do you want to fight against sin? Then hide God's word in your heart. What that means is memorize it memorize it so that it's changing the way that you think so that it's helping you desire the things that God wants you to desire and it's just a good it's a good tool to fight if you start thinking oh man I'm being I'm being uh, I mean tempted by sin then think of that like memorize like first John chapter 2 right that the the things in the world the the less the flesh less the eyes of pride of life these are not from the father but from the world memorize stuff like that if you if you're if you have a specific sin that you know that god is trying to work out of you memorize scripture that that applies to that if you think oh man i'm struggling with pride then look like romans 12 3 let not man let not any man think of himself more highly than he ought to think but to think with sound judgment as god has allotted each a measure of faith you know what I mean? So hide it so that it's, hide the word in your heart so that it's changing the way that you think and then use it as, a, as practical tools against sin. And then in verse 25, he says, my soul clings to the dust. Give me life according to your word. When I was told of my ways, you answered me. Teach me your statutes. And look at what he, look at all of, if you read through Psalm 119, just look at the exclamation marks. Like he's begging God to change him, right? Teach me your statutes. Make me understand the way of your precepts and I will meditate on your wondrous works. My soul melts away for sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. Put false ways far from me and graciously teach me your law. I have chosen the way of faithfulness. I set your rules before me. I cling to your testimonies, O Lord. Let me not be put to shame. And I love this. Verse 32, I will run in the way of your commandments when you enlarge my heart. Like you, we, you realize that as we pursue the Lord through his word, it reveals sin to us in our lives. And we, we, we can reject that. And we're replacing false things with truth. And it's making us more like Jesus. And he's really like enlarging our hearts so that we can love him more. And then that's where I think God's word, it, it changes our desires right? God changes our desires through our being saturated in his word. In verse 36 and 37, and uh, this to me, if there's anything that, um, that exemplifies 2022 Western world, he said, look at this, incline my heart to your testimonies and not to selfish gain. Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and give me life in your ways. Man, your world is filled with worthless things that want your attention. Man, it's just filled with it. Realize that they're worthless. Ask God, 
Turn my eyes from worthless things. Fill and give me life in your ways. How are you gonna do that? By saturating yourself in God's word, letting his word change your desires. When I think of my ways, I turn my feet to your testimonies. I hasten, do not delay to keep your commandments. And verse 92, if your law had not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. 104, through your precepts, I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. Like, he's talking about the way that God's word changes his desires to love the things of God and hate sinful things. And it's awesome. He says, your words are wonderful, therefore my soul keeps them. Why, why do you keep them? Because they're so good. His, and then uh, his, his word gives us comfort and confirmation. This is my comfort and my affliction. Your promise gives me life. And 76, your steadfast love comfort me according to the promise of your servant. And 41, let your servant love, let, let your steadfast love come to me, O Lord, your salvation according to your promise. Then I shall have an answer for him who taunts me, for I trust in your word, right? You you know that you are going to be in a world that is hostile to Christianity. And if you want to be able to answer the world with that, you hide his word in your heart. I won't be put to shame having my eyes fixed on your commandments. And I think we, we realize this and that uh, Rob, Rob again talked about this, that in God's word, we have everything we need. It's so good. There's a passage in Second Peter that says his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness we have it where where do we have it we have it because god has revealed himself in his word to us we have we have all of the words that god wanted to say to us we have them what are you doing with them look your word is a lamp to my feet and a light into my path do you want direction for your life look at god's word i mean god created us for a relationship with himself and we will not be satisfied with anything else. He wants us to seek him and he wants to be found by us. Isn't that awesome? That God wants you to seek him and he wants to be found by you. And then, so let's look real practical. Real quick, start today. If you're thinking, man, you know, I just don't study the Bible very well. Start right now. You're in a perfect place. You are surrounded by 550-ish people who want what's best for you. They want you to pursue the Lord. You're, you're sitting next to somebody in your student ministry who wants you to pursue the Lord. You've got chaperones and student pastors here that want to help you study God's word. You're, you're gonna be in a, a share group tonight with somebody leading that who wants to help you learn how to study the Bible for yourself. I'm just gonna give you some practical, some practical tips and then we'll be done. One, I think you need to get on a good Bible reading plan. I think it's helpful to read all of the Bible all the time. And what I mean by that is just constantly be reading through the Bible. You can get on a, you can find a Bible reading plan. I use, there's an app on my telephone that's uh, just the ESV Bible app. It's very not creative. Um, and it's got a little calendar button on the bottom. You can, uh, I used to be going through one, what is it? Uh, yes, I used to go through one called Through the Bible in a Year. Okay. And you went through the Bible in a year. And now I'm one, on one called Straight Through the Bible. I'm not even going to tell you what it's about. It's a secret. Um, it's just really easy. You're, and if you spend about 10 to 12 minutes a day, you can read through the whole Bible. And you can do it from your telephone if you want. Or if you're like, I really can't read that great, then the, you push a little arrow button and someone will read to you. You can even get a Scottish girl to read to you. 
It's awesome. I was just reading the word to you. Anyway, and so do that, and you can, you can easily find 12 minutes a day to do that. You do. And then find one book and take it really slow. So always be reading through all the Bible and then find one book to read through it slowly. And if you want some help, uh, we put together a guided Bible study that you can get off of our website. You can download the PDF and print it off. Ask your student pastor to do it. They'd love to do that. And you can, uh, you can go through the book of Colossians together. And, w- and you can, it's a, it's a great little book. I, I say that. It's a great little book. You know, it's just one of the inspired books that God has written. Um, I like it. I would write an endorsement on the back of it. Um, it's awesome. It's pretty short, and, but, and I would say pretty easy to understand, but as you read it, you'll realize that, that God's word has so much depth to it that you might read through it and study it, and then you'll never get everything out of it that you could, which is awesome, which means you can keep coming back to it for the rest of your life. So read, get on a good Bible reading plan so you're reading all of the Bible every year. Find, a, find one book and just study through it. Get help from mature believers, like, you know, in your share group or your student pastor is here, and then just commit to begin each day in God's word. Man, there's a, there's a huge difference in your life by how you set up your trajectory for the day. There really is. And my challenge to you is if you're going to, I'm just going to reinforce, do the happiness experiment that Spencer talked about. Take the next three weeks and forget about social media. Just forget about it. Forget about YouTube and start your day reading God's word. And whenever you pull out your telephone where you you, you would normally be like, oh, I'm going to look and see what so-and-so is saying, just read the Bible. You've, what's crazy is that most of you carry a little smartphone in your pocket where you can have about a thousand different translations of scripture. Read them. You've got it. Um, and, then, and then just don't stop. I, I, my, I, I'm burdened for your generation, burdened for y'all, that you're going to fall away from the Lord. And, the, and you won't, you will not drift away if you continue to pursue. So just continue. Don't stop. Get your, get, your, get your foundation in God's word. Live it out in a local church wherever you go. Be invested and serve in a local church, having your dependency on God and his word. And then you'll continue. He'll grow, he'll grow you. As we pray to the Lord, get him to speak to us through his word, he will and he'll change us, make us like Jesus. So let's not stop. Thanks for listening. We hope this has encouraged you in your walk with Christ. Be sure to give us a rating and review. And for more Snowbird content, check out our other podcast, No Sanity Required.